Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Grab your Bibles today. Turn to Acts chapter 2. Got a few verses of Scripture. Of course, us being apostolic, we love to preach out of the book of Acts. It's kind of our iconic book. The rest of it is wonderful as well. We can glean from every every chapter, every verse that's in the Bible. But we love Acts chapter 2 especially just because it's the birth of who, where we came from, what we are. The Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea, Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and in parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes, Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. They were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others, mocking, said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, and I want you to note, this is the same man that denied he even knew who Jesus Christ was just shortly before. Standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice. Everybody say that with me. Lifted up his voice. He began to speak, and he said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. He didn't deny the fact that they were drunk. He just said, they're not drunk the way you think that they're drunk. They're not intoxicated off of what you typically see people intoxicated off of. They're not drunk as you suppose they are, seeing it as but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It came to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. All my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I just want to preach to you a message, and I do not intend to keep you long today. 
I think it's a message for the hour in a world that is trying to stifle truth, in a world that is trying to say there is no black and white, in a world that's trying to tell you that there are no longer any absolutes, that even science doesn't matter, biology doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. We still have to be a voice of reason, a voice of truth, and it must come through loud and clear. We must know who we are. We must know our message. We must know our God, and we must speak his word without faltering. Amen. Loud and clear. You may be seated. You know, I understand that we are in a dispensation where it is not popular to to stand on principles. It's not popular to stand on truths. Uh, where we get badgered and beaten and broken down sometimes, and, and, and you see it in the media, whether it be social media, whether it be, you know, any other type of media where it would make us feel, if you're not careful, like we are the outcasts, like we don't know what we're talking about, like God's Word doesn't matter anymore, that those things are uh, of no no value in this present day and age, that we are now living in an enlightened era where things can be whatever they choose to be. And I fear for the future of not only our country but our world, but I also know and understand that there is always going to be a truth. There is always going to be a people. There is always going to be a remnant. God has always had people that were willing to stand for what is true, what is right, and speak what needs to be said, even though it is not popular, and even though that it is not sought after and accepted by the society in which it's spoken. So I, I know today that, that we will receive some hurtful things at times. You know, it was several years ago that I received my first hate letter. Didn't know that, did you? I got I got a hate letter in the mail. One of the podcasts that we put out that kind of identified us as who we are. And, and and I got a piece of mail and it began, it began by stating I knew it was gonna, it, it was not gonna be a good letter because the very first thing right out of the box said, Dear Mr. Rice, you, sir, are an idiot. And I thought, well, let's go ahead and read the rest of what this guy's got to say. And it didn't get any better from there. However, at the end of it, I was waiting to see who I could respond to, but the coward did not sign his name. It's easy to be bold when you don't put a name to it. We got a lot of keyboard warriors out there that say and do whatever they want to say and do, but they hide behind their anonymity. That's a hard word to say. You know what I'm trying to say. They hide behind all that where nobody really knows who they are. They're just sitting in their room someplace, clacking it out on the keyboard. And sometimes we almost have gotten to the point where we're afraid to speak or say or put good things out there because you will be censored or we'll, we'll ha- find ourselves in a place of controversy. But let me tell you something. I read a book not too long ago <coughs> about how Hitler came into power. And Hitler, the, they said that one of the reasons that Hitler came into the power 
And he was able to do what he was able to do was because many of the churches over there decided that it was too dangerous to speak out against him. Tyranny will raise its ugly hand when good people decide to do nothing about it. The voice has to be heard. It was probably 25 years ago I was... um, I had a, a, a small little radio that I had purchased, and it had it had finally faltered, and so I ran in. I, I needed working for FedEx, driving around 8, 10, 12 hours a day. I, I needed some company. I needed something besides the rattling and rumbling of that truck all day long, and, and I've always been a big fan of, of talk radio. Those of you that go to church here, you know, you've heard me talk about it before, and I, I remember running into the Walmart on my route real quick, and I grabbed the cheapest little, I think it was a Duramax brand, or Dura brand, that's what it was, Dura brand. And it was a little small radio, and and I grabbed the batteries for it, and I brought it back out to my truck, and I turned it on. I uh, made sure I could pick up KMOX, and sure enough, it was playing loud and clear. And and that that little $9.88 radio became my, my great friend. And I would listen to KMOX all day long, and listen to the morning meeting, Charlie Brennan's show, Rush Limbaugh would come on, you know, the other afternoon shows, all those things that I would I would listen to that kept me company. And and through the years that that little radio, it was not it was not an expensive item. It was a very cheap item. And I, I really didn't expect it to last very long, but but to my surprise, years went by. That little radio never left my truck except for when it flew out my window a few times and skidded across the highway. It was beaten and it was battered as the years went by. I looked at that little radio and, and the $10 that I spent on it, and I, I, I listened to the baseball games, and I listened to the current events, and, and I listened to the news as it went on all day long, and it's all there. And I bought that radio really for one purpose, in those uh, metal bread trucks like I drove, the big grumman they called it, uh, it didn't pick up FM very well, but I could always pick up KMOX. I could turn it on that AM station. So I bought that radio for one solitary purpose, and that was so I could listen to that radio station. That little radio went through a lot, and I, many ways I looked at that radio I wish I still had it. It finally found its way into the trash can. I looked at that little radio. It looked much like this one right here. That's not the exact replica, but it's really close. I I found this picture. went searching for a picture of something, and that's much. You're looking at that picture, and that looks very much like what I was using. I looked at that, that old radio, and I, and I thought, how much does that, And the way it looks represent my own life. Get beat up sometimes. You get battered. You get wounded. You get tossed around. You get taken advantage of. You get thrown in the back of the the truck for a while and and then brought back out. and, 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 And you're used every single day. And it's obvious that that radio has been through some rough treatment. It's withstood the heat of, uh, of Midwestern summers and the cold of Midwestern winters. When I said that it flew out the window, I'm not kidding. I used to drive around, no air conditioner. These new FedEx couriers, they have no idea what 
all of us old timers went through. We didn't have air conditioning. We just threw the side doors open, and there was a big, it was just a big metal box. I was like sitting in a toaster all day in the middle of summer. I mean, it was so hot inside that thing, and everything was metal. It was just a, a metal a dash. Uh, there, it was all reflecting the heat right on you, and I'd set that radio up there on that, that metal dash, and and occasionally I'd take a corner a little too sharp, I guess, and and that thing would begin to slide, and most of the time I would catch it, but there were two or three times I didn't catch it, and I'd have to pull over on the side of the road, run across the highway, and and go see if I could find it in the ditch, and I'd pull it out, and, uh, you know, are you okay, baby? Is, is, is it all right? And, you know, uh, Daddy didn't mean to treat you so bad, and next time I, I, I got to where I buckled him in. You think I'm lying, but I actually sent him over in the seat and I buckled him in. Keep him safe. Pick it up, set it back in the dash, hit the switch, boom, Cam works. Huh. Woo. Thought I was gonna have to buy a new radio. It just kept on working. That radio's been dropped and tossed around. It's been skidded. It's went through the sliding door. It's bounced around in the cab of that truck. Its metal is rusted. Its antenna's broken off. The sliding dial didn't work anymore. The batteries were held in by packaging tape, and the finish was rubbed off in, in all kinds of places. But all that mattered to me was when I flipped that one little switch, KMOX came through loud and clear, and I knew everything was going to be okay. Because it's one purpose that its owner purchased it for, it was still fulfilling. See, I didn't need the tape deck. It had one on it. It wouldn't work anymore. It was busted off. And I didn't need the FM stations. I really didn't even need the dial. I had it dialed in right where I needed it to be. There wasn't much about that that I needed to work. I needed to be able to receive that radio station, and I needed that speaker to work. You see, it doesn't matter to me that the tape deck doesn't work. I didn't purchase it for that reason. It doesn't matter to me that the antenna was broken. I didn't need it for anything but AM. What I purchased it for, it does, and that's why that little cheap radio that I bought so long ago became a part of the history of my life for probably close to 20 years. Who would have ever dreamed that a $9.88 beat-up old radio could work its way into a Pentecostal sermon. But if you think about it, you can see God in just about everything that's out there. I looked at that old radio, and I saw myself in it. I saw all the, all the times that, that things happened to me that I wish wouldn't have happened. Things that happened to me that weren't even my fault. Things that happened to me because so, it was somebody else's fault. It wasn't that radio's fault that it went flying out the window. It was my fault. Amen. It wasn't the radio's fault that it got bounced around. That was my fault. But all it did every single day when I came and I put it back up where it belonged in that windshield and I flipped that switch on, it just continued to play loud and clear. It served its purpose for its intended use. 
got to understand that radio didn't always tell me things I wanted to hear. They were true nonetheless. I've listened to war correspondence. I listened to the Twin Towers falling from that radio. I've listened to terrible storms batter our nation. I've listened to different things happen that, that have left me driving down the highway with the tears streaming down my face because it's broken my heart. But then there's been other times where it's given me good news. It's told me the weather tomorrow is going to be sunny and 70 degrees, low humidity. It's told me the Cardinals just won the pennant. It's told me good things like that where I could uh, I could pump a, uh, do a little fist pump in the air while I was driving down the road. It told me a lot of good things too. And I think about that and I relate that to my life. And that's just the story of who we are. That's the story of living this life. I know that's not just my story. That's every single one of our stories today. The good mixed in with the bad. The heart-wrenching mixed in with the heart-warming. I've been educated by that old radio. Lord, I know more more about gardening than probably 75% of the people in this nation And I don't even have a garden. But for the last 18 years, working Saturdays, when I took this church on to pastor, and I got transferred to Saturdays, I worked every Saturday for 10, 12 hours a day. Every Saturday morning, Mike Miller and the Gardening Hotline Show. You want to talk about riveting radio. Right there. I can help you with your begonias. I promise you that. Finances, car repair. It's all there. It's all there. There have been times where I wish I could have turned tuned that whole radio to something else and picked up a little something else, but but I was kind of stuck on that. But every time that came loud and clear, and the, the longer I listened to some of that stuff, the more I enjoyed listening to it. Charlie Brennan retired. Uh, who, who knows who Charlie Brennan is? Okay, I've got some camo extras out there. Just retired. I, he and I, our, our, our uh, careers kind of followed about the same time path. I think he went on KMOX about a year before I started with FedEx. I listened to him for my entire career, and he he uh, retired about a month or two before I did. I felt like I know that guy. I've never met him in my life, but when he retired, I got on Facebook, and I wrote him a nice little letter. But you don't know me. You know, he's like, yeah, really. And I, I, I just felt like I was losing a friend. I learned so much. I, I had had people on there that became, for lack of better words, radio talk show host friends to me. This is life. The good and the bad. We get beat up. We get lifted up. But when it comes to the things of God, we should never get shut up. We've got to find our 
voice. And our voice must be loud and clear, not obnoxious, not hateful, not rude, but it needs to be loving. It needs to be caring, but it's got to be the truth, and it's got to be heard. They will try to silence you. They will try to get you to say that what you're what you're trying to say doesn't work in this day and age, but we know better than that. You've come too late to tell me that this message doesn't work because it has changed this old boy's life. I know firsthand what it feels like to have the transformation power of Jesus Christ come in and take addictions away, take things away that I couldn't get away from on my own. God was in the business of reaching out to me, but he did through a man of God that stood behind a pulpit and told it like it was. I always handle the truth from somebody I knew loved me. I might not like it, but I was never against it. Peter was bold when Jesus is around, but he learned a lesson about himself when he was about to be outed as a follower of Jesus. Jesus knew it was coming. Jesus saw something in Peter that Peter didn't see in himself. Jesus saw the flaw in Peter. Peter sees himself as infallible. I'm strong. I'm, no, you, I'll never deny you. He said, you're going to deny me. Or the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. No way. Sometimes we don't know what we're made of until we've been put through a test, till we've been dropped out the window, till we've skidded across the highway, till we've wound up in the muddy ditch. It's in times where we're abused and taken advantage of that we really find out what we're really made of. It's easy to trumpet a message like this in a room full of people like this, where you got folks saying, amen, say it, preacher. That's right on. Yes, sir, when you got people that are backing you, but what about when everybody in the room is against you? That's where you're going to find out what you're truly made of. Find out what we're made of when we've lost something that we love, been accused of wrong that we didn't do. Didn't even cross Peter's mind that he was failing, I don't believe, until that rooster crowed for the second time, and then it dawned on him what he had done. Luke tells the story. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. You want to talk about feeling guilty? Ooh. You heard that rooster cockle-doodle-doo? Peter's standing there, and it hits him, but it never hit him any harder than when he saw Jesus turn and look at him. Jesus knew. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you'll disown me three times. 
The Bible tells us that Peter went outside and wept bitterly. He had a choice to make. He had a choice to make. Will I be silenced? Am I going to let my failure stop me in my tracks right here? Is this the end of the road for me? You know, I got a feeling that Peter, along with the other 11, it said in, in Acts chapter, that, but, but at this point in time, Peter probably felt like he had more in common with Judas than any other disciple that was out there. I'm just another Judas. I'm just another betrayal. I'm just another fallen disciple that couldn't cut the mustard. I'm just another follower that's weaker than I thought I was. He's got a choice, just as you and I have a choice. Will I be silenced? Do I pick myself up? Fulfill the purpose for which I have been called. You know, you don't hear from Peter for just a little bit. But I have to imagine that he's feeling the load of guilt for what he's done. No more glossy finish of ministry on this man, that's for sure. He's just another fallen soldier. He's broken in places. He's not the man he thought he was. He's not as honorable as he thought he was. He's not as loyal as he assumed that he was. He's battered and spiritually wounded, but then a memory comes back to his mind of a conversation that he had with Jesus. It began to change his way of thinking. Matthew writes it. Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, on this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound into heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I think that there was something about that previous conversation that said, now wait just a second. If he believed in me then and I failed now, what does that mean for my future? I have a choice here. I've been called to be the spokes, the, 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 the mouthpiece for Christ. He's given me a job to do, and he's told me that on this rock, he's going to build his church, and hell cannot prevail against it. And right now, he's feeling like hell is prevailing against him. And all of a sudden, his mind began to clickety-clack, and it began to, the wheels began to turn, and he began to think, no, wait just a second. Hell is not going to win this battle. I may have been knocked down. I may have faltered. I may have failed him, but he's already told me that I am Peter. I know who I am. I just got a little sidetracked, but I know what I'm called to do. And he lifts himself up, and he dusts himself off, and he gets about the Father's business. 
with everything that was broken, Peter realized that Jesus had not given the keys to the kingdom to Matthew or Mark or Luke or John. He had given them to him. wasn't John that Jesus looked at and said, thou art blessed. It was Peter. And while he's pondering, <coughs> laying in that ditch, after being tossed out the window, skidded across the asphalt, he's laying in that ditch of self-pity, laying in that ditch of condemnation, he says, I wonder if this one button still works. I know there's some that are more eloquent than I. I know there's some that are amongst us that probably deserve to be the one to speak on that day. I know that there's some that probably handle the keys a little bit better than I, but Jesus didn't give them the keys. He gave the key to me. And with the keys... He gave the responsibility. So he gets himself up and he says, I wonder if I still have a voice. He may not even know if anybody will even listen to what he has to say. But he's going to say it anyway. If that one purpose still exists. When in burst the ladies that had gone down to the tomb and they were going on about how Jesus wasn't there and that angel had said he was risen. They're sitting there. These ladies are like, we just went down to the tomb. He's not there, but there was a man there that was an angelic being that told us that Jesus has risen. And I want, I want the group's having a tough time believing what they're being told. The men that are in that room are like, hmm, I don't know, ladies. But Peter, Peter knew that this was his chances. If he was ever going to make it right, he's going to need to make it right right now. Luke 24, 11, and 12, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher. And stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Where music come today? All of a sudden, see, things hadn't gone quite the way that they had it planned out in their mind that it would go. I'm sure in their mind, you know, there was arguing who's going to set off the right hand of Jesus. There's all this kind of positioning for power, and, and, and you know, the Lord's going to set up his kingdom, and we're all going to rule and reign with him, and, and we're going to set things straight. They had no idea that, that it was going down this path. Peter finds him in, himself in a place where he has denied Christ, but now he's finding himself in another place where the Lord is calling him back. The world would try to silence him. 
because the world would have loved and Satan would have loved for that first Acts 2.38 message to have never been preached. But God had a different design and a different plan. No, sir. No, ma'am. Peter wasn't going to be silenced ever again. He'd made that mistake already. He'd already denied that he knew who Jesus Christ was when he should have spoken up and said, yes, I'm one of his, and I'm proud to be one of his. He said, I don't ever want to feel that way again. And from this moment on, you couldn't keep that man's mouth shut. You couldn't stop him from witnessing. You couldn't stop him from preaching. It did not matter where he was or who he was with. He would tell the truth loud and clear. Would you stand today? One of the most useless things on the planet is a radio that will not work. Is there any other purpose for it? It has one purpose. When you flip on the switch and you dial and tune in the station that you want to hear, you need it to be able to play what it's intended to play. If you have a radio that doesn't work, it's nothing more than a paperweight. I don't care how fancy it looks. I don't care how much money you spent on it. Remember the old boombox days where we, we carried things around about the size of that speaker right there on our shoulder. We thought we were cool. We thought everybody needed to hear our music that we were playing. Can you imagine somebody walking around with one of those things over their shoulder and nothing coming out of it? the point of that. Say, well, God has designed the church with a purpose. He's designed his people with a purpose. And you shall be witnesses. This world needs people that love other people people, people that aren't just like them, people that are different, different social classes, different different, different uh, monetary classes, all kinds of things. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, we just need, God is looking for people to love other people. We cannot forget our purpose, our one purpose You're called to be a witness, and you cannot be a witness without speaking. We must be heard loud and clear. You see, you don't have to be in perfect condition. You don't have to be flawless. You don't have to be able to quote scriptures left and right. You don't even have to have all your act together. You can have scars. You can have scrapes. As a matter of fact, your scars are part of what makes your testimony a valuable, credible 
and powerful tool. The only problem I ever had with that radio, it ran off C, C batteries, and every once in a while I'd run out of batteries, and you'd start to hear it fade. It'd get quieter and quieter, and I'd, I'd listen to it for as long as I could. Finally, it'd just fade out, and it'd, it'd go away. See, the only time that radio never could fulfill its purpose was when it had lost its power. As a church, we have to maintain the power of the Holy Ghost. I wonder today as they begin to sing, Peter just gotten his batteries recharged in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. He was drained a little bit. Some things that kind of taking the juice out of his system. But no longer, Acts 2.14, Peter standing up with the 11, raised his voice, the Bible says, and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. I believe that there are people in this city that, that need us more than they even realize that they need us. I believe this is a message that can truly transform. If, if, we've, if we don't believe that anymore, then we just need to shut the doors and go home. But if we really believe that, then we need to get the power of the Holy Ghost moving in us. Be sensitive to the moving of His Spirit. I wonder today if they begin... Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.